Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello and welcome to Let's Drone Out. With us this week is Curry Kitten. Try again. Everyone's favourite Curry Kitten. Hello. Who answers to that? Nothing else. That's it. Unless Frank's here. Frank's can get away with it. I can't. Frank can get away uh, with it. You can't. And Jack, aka Bright Into Life Fly. No microphone there. <laughs> and also <laughs> our guest. Uh, Aiki, aka Unit. Welcome to the show. Yeah, hello. Awesome to be here. So, I think we're going to be running through a few things you do. You've been quite an active developer recently with a couple of projects, uh, AM32 and Betaflies also. Um, and and I think you were also judging the freestyle competition for Betaflight as well, right? Yeah, that's true. We 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 did that together. That was that was awesome. That was fun. Great. So um, we were just talking about a 7-inch that you built, but before we go any further, I've got to share my own piece of irritating tragedy where this evening I managed to get something jammed where it, where it should not be jammed. Um, no, we're not talking about that again. This time it, it's a 3D printer, um, and the PTFE tube that's supposed to be you know, like self-lubricating and unjammable, yeah, it, it's, it's got a bit of filament jammed in it. The rest of the printer's fine, but the bit that's supposed to be all slippy got jammed so yeah that sucks anyway um moving on so you were talking about a, a big uh seven inch that you're building with uh yeah. kind of 8s capable esc yeah that it's this one it's in the aos 7 from chris rosser with um a foxy reaper um 60 no, um, 65 amp, uh, 8S capable uh, ESC flash to uh, AM32, right. And it's, it was actually my first um, seven inch flight ever. Um, so I was <laughs> very cautious and uh, was not, not doing, doing much. Also, uh, yeah, the rates, I, I, I just put in my five inch rates from a five, five inch uh, freestyle. And yeah, they felt quite low on this and yeah well i was just cruising around and, and testing out if, if uh, aim 32 is holding strong later i do like one or two light punch outs and uh yeah aim 32 pretty awesome it works pretty well and hold number strong that those are 20 20 2807 on uh, hq prop seven inch three blades and uh, they are drawing quite some current and uh yeah i i was uh not expecting to to work it work like that because uh, I haven't tuned it any um, anyhow. It's it's just plain default beta flight, default pits, default filters. It's just uh, just flying very 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 well. A little bit of oscillations 
which are expected when you don't tune anything. But uh, yeah, that will get sorted so out later. What got you interested in AM32 then? Because it, it's, it's kind of a struggle. Sometimes the flashing process takes a lot of work. You seem to have really gone into it 100%. Oh yeah, um, um, when I I started the the my drone my drone life um, with a fly egg, I got a F3 back in the days and started on that. I, I destroyed it right away, and um, then I got into all the other stuff. And yeah, it was a BL Heli S ESC, which I flashed to Blue Jay. Then I got to know that there's BL Heli 32, yada yada yada, and I. Yeah, smoked some motors, some ESCs on BL Heli 32, and it was closed source, and so I couldn't figure out why. And that's basically when I uh, stumbled over a AM32. And yeah, at first, as you said, it's a little bit of a process to get a ESC to AM32, but um, yeah, I got used to it. And now every BL Heli 32 ESC in any of my quads is AM32. And yeah, then I got to know Alka as well. Pretty awesome. Um, he is uh, quite a brain when it comes to ESCs. And um, yeah, we got to chat. And then I offered that uh, if he wants, I could join the development team. And now we we are together in a team and developing on AIM32. Yeah. So speaking as someone that doesn't, I've not really experimented with like alternate um, ESC firmwares and most of my stuff is it, it's what it came with which is normally BL Heli S or BL Heli 32 what is what is a draw to AM32 and what what might I be able to do with it that I can't do on the firmware I already have on my quads um, what you can't do you can't smoke a motor that easy that's one big thing what what changes okay. if the the stuck motor protection on AM32 is is really really awesome. It's it's top notch. I have not seen anything, yeah, work that well. I've never smoked anything with it, and I've, yeah, flown right into concrete. And yeah, that's uh, the ESC and the motors were sort of fine. Okay, I bent some motors, and then they are trash after that. But I, they wouldn't smoke. So <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, what uh, AM32 also does is it has a way better torque curve. Chris Rosser already covered that when uh, on his uh, prop and motor test uh, test bench uh, setup. He uses an AM32 and he um, um, showed the the prop uh, the the um, torque curve on BL Heli32 and AM32. Um, also. Um, what I saw that you you have in both ends, you have way better energy um, performance, which means I am on my three inch, which I first flown on BL Heli 32. I got when I was yeah like moderate freestyling. I, I got around I would say um, four to five minutes, and on, on AM 32 I got two of uh, one or two extra minutes when I was even pushing a little bit harder. And um, that got me, that, that, that really catched me, where, where I get more performance um, when I want, want it, and I also get more flight time when I want it. And yeah, that's my, my, my own experience. I, I can really say it's uh, on, on every quad you get like 10 or 20% more flight time. But um, yeah, when, when, when I tested it at uh, pretty much same LiPo, same quad, just different, or even, even the same ESC, but just on, on, on a different firmware. Yeah, so Chris Rosser tested a, a few different firmwares 
to see what would happen even through Fertech into the mix as well. And um, the output was that there's generally a much smoother torque curve with, with AM32. And um, I think it was coming out of a background of like RC crawlers and things where people would notice that the torque of a motor, whereas I think in quads, we don't generally immediately notice the torque. We just notice is an ESC smooth or not? And that can be down to motors and all sorts of things. So uh, yeah, he, he did a fair bit of testing to to look into these torque curves and we're seeing that, you know, you're getting very high maximum torque for a longer time with uh, AM32 and it's kind of gradually increasing, whereas uh, BL Heli32 is a bit, of, a bit of an odd bird and, and kind of jumps around, doesn't really give you consistent torque. And I, I think that that consistent torque is perhaps reflected in sometimes the, the current that goes into the motors, right? So you, you can end up putting more heat into the motors without uh, intending to. Yeah, imagine you, you have a, a torque curve that's jumping in, on, on different RPM levels or RPM sections. Um, the uh, flight controller has to compensate if you want a flip or anything and, and it, it, it's wobbly, then it has to push in more power and uh, flips around a little bit. You can see that sometimes. And uh, if you have a smooth and um, yeah, well, well, well-rounded uh, torque curve, it can actually work. Uh, yeah, we're very, very well with that, and it's uh, yeah, it's just yeah, it's it's my experience. I, I feel it, it has more power on on the on the top end, and you, you can have more more energy reserves on on the low end if you if you fly it gentle. For audio listeners, I was flashing up some of Chris Ross's graphs there, showing the kind of current graphs and torque graphs that he did, and. That, that seems to be what people like. And it, it's kind of the acid test for an ESC and indeed a motor when you do snap rolls and fast racing turns where you have to stop two rotors completely dead and, and you know you're, you're damping to break those. And then you're uh, getting the motors from zero up to uh, full speed as quickly as possible. And to do that without causing lots of excess heat or, or problems, vibration, that's, uh, that's what you want to achieve. And I, f I felt like that's that's um, better on AM32 than on on. Uh, but even I would even say that it's uh, better on BL Heli S or even Blue J than on BL Heli 32. Well, yeah, they're, they're still developing Blue J, aren't they? If you see those yeah, guys talk yeah. about it, they they've got a little GoFundMe or something, and they've got so many sets of cheap motors to test and they'll just like thrash these things and be like, what does burn out the motor? Right. Let's find out. These are the settings that yeah. burn motors. And then we, you know, we keep repeating until we understand all the causes of motor burning and we, we code around them. Yeah. That, that's one thing that I like about M32. It's, it's fully open source. You, you can read every line of code and the bootloaders open source, the firmware itself is open source. Um, the same with BL Heli and um, no, not BL Heli as um, Blue Jay. Even though it's it's not readable by the normal developer because it's uh, assembler, but um, yeah, it's open source, and that's what uh, I like about stuff like that because you you depend your your not not your life but your drone on it, and to fly something that actually only a few people have uh, have control over is uh, yeah I don't know I don't I just don't like it. It's um, yeah I, I like open source. <laughs> It sounds like you're going to make AM32 a bit more approachable right now as well, because Alco's been doing oh, yeah. this one-man army, and you're kind of going in there and reorganizing the yeah, repo a little uh, bit, making it easier to find stuff. Yeah, that, that's right. Um, also, um, 
uh, also what uh, what um, we are doing the the last two last weeks last month is uh, making making it uh, easier to de to develop um, because um, right now we have uh, a repository for uh, for G071 for F051 for 80 uh, for, for the 8032 um, chips it's all separate repositories so if uh, Alka does a fix or a performance improvement in one rep repository has to yeah kind of push it to a, a, every other yeah. and that's what we are doing lately and we are uh, making a multi mcu repository which is already finished we are uh, in the in the last bits of of publishing it the plan was to to um, actually make it make it public this week i'm not sure if we can make it but um yeah uh, as as uh, express LS always says it's, it's always two weeks so yeah we will be finished in two weeks and mm -hmm. um then we have a repository where a lot i would say really a lot of um performance improvements uh, are in and also where you have um every firmware in um from from every repository in one and uh, so it's yeah easier to find easier to maintain and um i hope this will improve uh, even the, the the project even further Brandon Bean asks, uh, regarding Fetech and KISS, the proponents of these firmwares are quite happy with the performance they achieve, but whenever it's analyzed and tested compared to Betaflight or BlueJay or AM32, it always looks worse. Why is this? I don't know if you've looked at Fetech and uh, KISS much. No, oh. it's, uh, I, I don't, I don't. <laughs> well, let's just say uh, it's religion then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I can't don't really talk about religion. This, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. I have um, actually not not touched any any Fetech uh, Kiss or Kiss Ultra anything. I have no gear in my in my home from from this this area. Yeah, I've got a Fetech FC somewhere. Um, it's never actually been flown. It's just kind of sitting in a box. I got it to to get a a, a 10s ESC actually, and 10s motors, and uh, I flew those a couple of times. The ESC died very quickly. And I actually plan to replace it with an AM32 model to, to reduce the risk of burning stuff. Hopefully the motors survived because they're, they're hard to find uh, 10S motors, like 22 oh, yeah. and 10S motors. Yeah. Yeah, I actually have uh, only 6S motors in my in my 7-inch. Um, they are 6S, uh, 1,300 kV. Um, and I will just try to run them on 8S with the um, 70, 75. There seems to be some disagreement about what a 6S motor is, because we were talking about this oh, before. It, it, and some people yeah, say, actually, oh, yeah, 1500 kV, uh, 6S, 7 inch. Some people are like, oh, 1750 kV on 7 inch is fine, 6S. And other people will say, no, that's a 4S motor. What are you doing? You're crazy. Yeah. Um, I have flown my, my 3 inch on 3500 kV on 6S. So there is actually no 6s motor it's just yeah what, what works with it and if it's uh, producing too much rpm on on full throttle then yeah it just burns or the prop just goes poof and yeah it, yeah what works it works so um if you if you take it you just calculate the rpm and then see what current uh it, it goes uh, it, it uh, will it will draw and then if that works uh, yeah you can try <laughs> if uh, the manufacturer rates it at yeah like 6s uh, 1300 kv 6s um, then it will most likely be perfect from zero to 100 percent throttle but um yeah if you go go for it with uh, yeah. with, with 8s yeah it's uh i think this is probably why i was getting problems because i was trying to run 8s with emacs eco motors you know they're 
they're not bad motors, but they are budget motors, and they were thirteen hundred kV. And I was like, okay, seven inch, like uh, seven by four blades, tri blades, and I'm gonna put like forty two volts into you. We're gonna see what ha- not forty two. Would it be like thirty six volts for eight s? Yeah, um, and, and see what happens. And uh, yeah, they they got to like the top of the throttle. I could get to like 85% throttle, but beyond that, things would get sketchy and it would get kind of twitches. You know, you get twitches because it's desyncing. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping um, what, better motors fix. What you what also must, must take into consideration is that um, the ESCs, if, if the FET is rated for ADAS, um, they are, tend to have uh, lower internal resistance, but higher gate charges which uh, translate into they are not capable for so much RPM. So if you if you take the back EMF and everything into in, into consideration, oh, really? yeah, um, that's something I, I, I don't fully understand it. Um, Alka is the, is the brain behind it, but I um, got, a, got um, yeah, a little bit of, of that um, to understand. And um, you, mm-hmm. if you design a ESC, um, you pick the parts for for what you want to run and and you have the limitations either you have low internal resistance which means you can run high currents uh, or you have a low internal uh internal um uh, no the gate charge is very low which means you can switch it on and off faster and um you you have 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 yeah you have to um match match both you can can't have both very low there are fats that have both lowish but um neither neither of them are very low it's, it's just um, just a balance and um if you if you design an ADAS um, esc um you yeah have to or, or, also um the higher the voltage is um yeah it's it's also in there in in the equation <laughs> yeah there's definitely a lot of factors at play there it, it was a lot of fun to fly around and i didn't crash it so it never got bad but it would twitch yeah. Oh, what what I what I what I liked liked the most was that you have so much inertia when when you when you do something it's not like a three inch or even a five a low low uh, low um, low weight a five inch um, if you do something it's 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 so fast from here to there in the flip then and you you go upside down and it goes uh, slowly back down if you have the seven inch it's just so beefy and then if you, if you if you do do a, a fast uh, fast turn and you you know it wants to drag out and yeah that's just something so different um I, what i what i was used to that's uh yeah that's very fun yeah plus with uh, i think a really tight tune in that aos frame it's still got that tight feeling of the five inch but you just do the punch and you're over the trees and you think, oh, I'll do a quick invert and you invert and you just carry on going up <laughs> like a cannonball. It's great. Yeah. I, I'm, I have not done that because, yeah, I was, I was a little bit afraid to, to crash it and destroy it. But you have been pushing your racing rig quite hard, right? I gather you've uh, you were saying exactly, before the show. Exactly it's, yeah. It's uh, that's this one. It's uh a um, light switch from 533 with a Foxy Reaper um, mini ESC, 65 amps as well, and it's uh, got AM32 as well. And this was actually a proof of concept because we wanted to know what we can actually push. And um, I ended up with uh, pretty insane settings. Um, If you go to the AM32 um, configurator, um, you can set up a KV slider. 
the KV slider is not really setting the KV. It, what it actually does is a, um, an amp protection. So if you go to zero, you have zero amp protection. If you go to max, I don't even know what max is. I, I don't know, 9,000 or something like that. It has a lot of amp protection. And on this uh, thing, uh, normally if I, if I start my uh, AIM32 tuning, I set it to the double of the KV of the motors. So those are 20, 20, uh, 2010 KV uh, access flying motors. And I set it to 4,000 and then I just keep decreasing it and pushing and pushing and pushing. And I ended up with a stable build at a thousand KV, which is pretty insane, which means it has almost protection. Yeah. And it's holding strong. I wasn't expecting that. I was like, yeah, around the ballpark of 1,500, 2,000 KV, it would desync, but I haven't gotten one desync yet. And mm. it's, it's pretty insane. Cool. I haven't expected it, but because um, it's running the the uh, new um, performance improved um, firmware version, and we had so many issues. Uh, we had reports of uh, these things, and we still have reports of these things with one particular MCU. And I will, if if we have, do we have time for it? I will explain why this particular MCU is actually. Uh, not good for for ESCs in general. It's a good MCU, but it's not good for MCs for one particular reason. But uh, to finish the the first, um, yeah, we wanted to know um, if we actually solved uh, the main issues with uh, M32 concerning desyncs, and we did. I would say we did. And um, yeah, this uh, racing quad uh, was the quad that I can drain in under a minute. The MCK best racing. Uh, uh, 1300 uh, you said yeah 1300 500 uh, milliamp hours uh, 6s dorcom mck v2 i don't know exactly uh, but that uh, beefy beefy uh, beefy lipo and if i really push it and going back and forth back and forth it's it's empty in under a minute which i find pretty pretty pretty, pretty good for for a ESC firmware that was uh, known for uh, desyncing on some some yeah. ESCs on, on on high high amperage. I remember Lemon was saying uh, another racer was saying, yeah. "Oh yeah, I tried this two years ago and I was seeing desyncs." And uh, and you were like, "Okay, right." So this this type of Let thing is like, "Oh, you can't go in a straight line and you know just keep a full throttle and do a turn, 180 degree turn, it'll desync." Yeah. And uh, and you're and like, I "No, that. I can do that for a minute until my battery is smoking and uh, it's yes. good." Yeah, that's that's why actually Foxy has sent me some. I will uh, flash them to AIM32 and send them. I will uh, send one uh, 30 by 30 to uh, Superfly. Um, he will going to test it on his uh, um, synth mode, which is my my five and freestyle. I finally can put in AIM32s in in my synth modes. I'm so happy and um, then I will flash the uh, Foxy Reaper Mini. Uh, and send them to Limon, and uh, he can test, uh, race test them. He can uh, give it to, hell to, and to uh, fly around concrete and smash it to pieces. Yes, I mean, what, what else would you do? What else, yes. <laughs> yeah. So you're about to say there's one MCU that isn't good, and uh, we, yeah, we, we talk like with Jack about kind of the history of ESCs, and Jack's always very keen to remind people of the Little B and all these, these old uh, chips, so maybe we can finish, kind of continue our ESC lineage um, so we, we talked about like the little B. There's like uh, I think Silicon Labs, the uh, Busy B series that you started out with the BB1. 
And there was some stuff before that, but BB1 was where BL Heli um, S appeared, right? And then the BB2 and BB21, BB51 are what we've got now with BlueJay. And that gives us RPM filtering via lots of kind of very clever assembly code, right? But but then we moved on to BL Heli 32, and and from that we took those MCUs forward. Do you wanna do you wanna do kind of the the rundown, or or should I? I can cover them if you like. Or... Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so we have like the STM microelectronics, like with flight controllers. Everyone was quite used to programming these, so we have uh, STM 32 F051, which was on a lot of the early BL Heli 32 ESCs and. It's more a sedate speed. I think it's something like roughly the same speed as a BB-21. It's not actually that fast. Um, then we started seeing the G071 from STM32 as well. That increased the speed a little bit, which made things interesting because the uh, commutation of the ESC and the telemetry and everything has to account for a slightly different MCU speed. And then the big chip shortage hit us and everything just went sideways. And suddenly, instead of these being a couple of dollars, they're like, $10 or more, and suddenly you don't want to put four of them on an ESC. So there started to be a lot of diversification, and people were looking around at something that behaved like an STM32 part, but was considerably less. And we started seeing uh, Giga devices, uh, GD32, so GD32 E230, and then there was a GD32 F350, which I think is the cursed one. And, and then we saw people trying to go for performance in their marketing materials. And they went to Artery Tech with 8032. And we've got like 8032 um, F421 and uh, I think the F415 as well. And then I think what we're about to see appear is some chips from Airbot, which are the F4A, that take those F421s and they add like diodes and uh, and gates onto them. Um, a fed driver. It's a, yeah, a combination driver, MCU sorry, yeah. with... Uh, Currently, the current uh, current version uh, has the AT32F421 and a FAT driver inside. Thank you. And yeah, I have heard uh, that there might be a version in, in the future with uh, diodes inside, but yeah, no, not yet. And this kind of ties to the STM32 spin stuff that was always kind of overpriced and people didn't really like, it never got into that many products, right? Yeah. Okay. So it's it's a great MCU the uh, S7 but uh, yeah M32 actually would work on it um, I think um, I I'm not 100% sure that I, I won't continue because uh, yeah I'm not 100% okay. sure but it's it's a great MC, uh, MCU but uh, yeah it has its drawbacks and also I think it's quite expensive yeah but the the important thing is we've got a cheap part and I think with the F4A stuff which is the culmination of this it now takes this 32-bit ESC and gets it to a footprint that's comparable with what you've got with uh, with BlueJay and the old BusyBee chips, right? So you're finally in that ballpark. Correct. Now, now what yeah. about the cursed so stuff? We, Sorry. The cursed stuff, yeah. The uh, Giga device E230. Um, it's it's very simple. Um, Alka actually told me just 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 today uh, why uh, the why it's so 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 doomed, um, and that's pretty easy. It's meant for uh, running from minus twenty five degrees Celsius to up to eighty five percent degrees Celsius, and eighty five degrees is not a lot for an EC. If you like punch, if you do flips and rolls, it easily reaches one hundred degrees, and then 
what actually happens the mcu is running fine but the comparators inside of the um, mcu is stopping and then we ha don't have commutation we don't have zero crossings anymore so the esc doesn't even know that the that the bell is spinning so it just stops because what kicks in is the stuck motor protection which because we don't see anything spinning anymore because we don't have back emf detection anymore it uh, the stuck motor protection kicks in and it ch shuts down the the esc and uh, yeah that's why Ouch. these this this MCU just doesn't work on on uh, AIM, AIM32. I would say on on neither firmware because uh, yeah, you you will exceed this uh, temperature limit quite easily on a on an ESC. Oh. And yeah, it's 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 really a shame because um, we have two very very great ESCs from Skystars, um, the KM55 and the AM60, which are really really awesome ESCs. But they have this MCU, so you can't push it, and that's that's really really a shame. Yeah, I've got a couple of those. That's that's kind of a shame. <laughs> yeah, because you can't really do anything. We can't fix it in software. We can't say, okay, yeah, we are around that temperature limit. Because if you if you do really fast flying, it it reaches so quickly that, that mm. you can't really account for it. Well, at least they uh, ship yeah. with a very big heat spreader on them, so that's something. Yeah, but that doesn't help if you have if no. you have like two hundred amps going through. It will reach the temperature. It, it, it can't get fire, get away fast enough. But it's, the uh, two hundred amps isn't going directly through the MCU. It's just near the MCU, isn't it? Uh yeah, right. But uh, the heat is uh, pretty near, and um, also, yeah, you. Yeah, so you'll get away with it for a bit before the heat. You can cruise with saturation because if heat, you go, if heat sinking is kind of like a you've got a, a body and you put the heat into this metal and into the board. And it, it takes a while to fully soak the, the whole board in heat, right? So you'll have a, like a window, a few seconds where it's good, maybe 15 seconds. But if you're a racer and you're pushing it for a whole minute, I guess that's when you get the problem, right? Um, yeah, if, if you, could, uh, you could do one test. If you have a heat gun, you put the ESC on a bench, put a motor on it, just spin it a little bit, point the heat gun at it, and when it's around 100 degrees, it it'll just, just stop. Yeah, and uh, if you go in a quad, uh, if you if you do a flip or two flips, it could already be enough for uh, for one ESC to to reach. Because um, at 100 degrees it shuts off, but way before that it gets sketchy. So it's uh, the the zero crossings aren't getting detected good enough anymore. So that that's more. It's when it goes too high, it's it just yeah, that doesn't work very well anymore. So you can you can go like cru cruise with it. So put it in a in a long range quad and uh, just cruise around that that will work someone's saying it's a hundred c for some of them i don't know if that's a variation of the the chip or, or they're getting at 100 c's 100 c if the ec is made in china like many of them um oh the sky stars uh aim in 30 came for yeah the sky stars are producing them in in china or what what do you what do you actually mean i think he's implying that there's a that the comparators might be a little bit more heat tolerant on some of them. Oh, it, it's uh, th this MCU is not meant for high temperature. It's it's uh, it's we are exceeding the limits of the documentation of this uh, of this MCU. So it's it's kind of expected to fail. Dope. That's why you should always yeah. read the data sheet like three times before you buy something, right? Especially the limits. Yes. <laughs> Um, Vitroid, 
is asking about the new Airbot uh, Fenix ESCs as well. Oh yeah, um, they are most of them are using the uh, F4 F4A chip, and yeah, I've I've tested all of them, and they are actually pretty great. So yeah, go out buy them. <laughs> um, they they don't have have those limitations. They they were great. They have the uh, F4 F4A chip, and uh, it doesn't have any of those issues. If actually um, Alka reported that he can get his uh, F. It's actually another MCU, but the 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 F four F four A is similar. Um, he tested the A F O five one with a heat gun as well, and it just stopped at one hundred fifty degree, which is quite higher than one hundred. What about the F forty one? Is that that's happy at one hundred and fifty as well, or we're not sure? I would say yes. I, I have yeah, I've pushed it really, really crazy. I mean, it's uh, um, if you take the Foxy Reaper I have here on, on, in my racer, it's actually the same MCU and the same um, uh, fat driver just in one MCU. So um, I would say yes, they would hold, hold up, hold up strong at that degree. Cool. Well, that, yeah, it's going to be good to see those because I think for racers and anyone who wants an AIO as well, they're going to allow a lot more in, in smaller space. So you can either have a smaller board or you can put bigger FETs on the same board or you can make the board so there's stuff not close to the edge of the board to make it stronger. So only good things, exactly. right? Yeah. Um, if you uh, take some of the, the Airbot um, AIOs, actually, um you can you have the fenix g4 aio which has a little dollar board on the uh, esc side which is actually the whole esc so you only place the fats around and then you have to make the traces to to this daughter board and then you have complete esc which will fit on every aio so uh live fpv replies meaning that most of the escs use the cheapest parts they can use and the heating is a direct result of that you have to really stress the hell out of a good ESC to reach 100C. So I guess yeah, they're saying if it's a cheap ESC, it'll heat faster. But if you if you um, if you make punch, um, there is a, a, a real really short time where the fat is, I don't know, pushing 100 amps. Each 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 fat each ESC is pushing 100 amps around it or, or something like that. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. We should probably take a minute and talk about uh, this uh, initiative that Lemon has sparked, a kind of good-natured joke amongst uh, racing pilots, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, shit pilots. We all, we all are shit pilots, right? Do you want to just uh, get up to the camera with the shirt there? Yep. Yeah. Some brand recognition oh. for, uh, for shit pilots yes. the world over. Pilot oh, the yeah, tribe. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, proud. I'm, I'm a proud shit pilot. <laughs> Limon gave me the permission to come and say pilot, so it's good. Well, you've got to check. <laughs> you've got to check. Okay. Um, now I forgot where I was. Sorry, we were talking about uh, heating ESCs, and uh, I think Livio FPV oh, yeah. had said um, uh, if... the good ones don't heat as much. 
um, yeah, I mean, if you if if it's if it's thick, then it uh, can can handle the heat way better. And uh, cheap ESCs and especially AIOs are yeah can't be that heat resistant. And yeah, and you then you reach the temperature limit in in a small part where the 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 MCU is quite quite faster. Mm -hmm. And not the whole ESC is 100 degrees Celsius, but uh, maybe that that part alone and even if 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 the e230 gets near that temperature limit like 70 80 degrees then it already starts to to behave strange so so you just got to hope that if you do have one of those escs there's a good thick slice of copper through it so it's not going to get too hot because the the cheap escs they want to use the minimum amount of copper so they can make them cheaply as copper is expensive, copper is expensive. right and yeah. it gets higher resistance yeah. and higher resistance it's hotter yeah. yeah, that's true. So my question in this is I'm looking at the AM2 site and I see like there's a list of supported hardware. Is is this yeah. extensive? Because this is my first time of even thinking about what the MCU is on like a board I have. And I've got apparently a BB21 MCU, if that makes any sense. But I don't see yeah, that. Yeah, that's a busy that uh, it's it's uh, that's an eight bit um, MC, um, MCU and AM thirty two is thirty uh, two bit. Ah, it's old. Yeah. So the the busy yeah. bees are the range that work with uh, with Blue Jay and Bill Hell Yes. I see. Right. But you're looking yeah. for thirty two bit MCUs basically. It's like so not, silicon not lab busy bee. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Livia said that uh, the Fox Reaper telemetry doesn't send out temperature. Uh, I don't know. It does. On AIM32, I have temperature readings on 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 my. Is that um, on, on the serial port or EDT? Oh no, EDT extended telemetry. Boom. There you are. That's probably it then, right? Oh yeah, I'm not sure if uh, if you 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 are using using Kiss Ultra, right? I don't know if they have implemented uh, EDT for from from DJOG. Yeah. So with EDT, instead of like a serial bus for all of the MCUs. It it uses the D shot channel to each MCU yeah, for a dedicated telemetry yeah. feed from that, and it's much faster um, turnaround yeah, as well. Because you basically get uh, every D shot packet, you get a um, return the telemetry package, the uh, R3M telemetry package back, and um, there you have some free bits, and that's uh, the extended where you get like temperature and maybe maybe in the future more. Yep. So I think currently you have to switch it on, but it's it's kind of handy if you have issues with your voltage or current sensor. I've got one board where the the ADC just did not play ball, just some cheap FC, and I turned on EDT and boom, you know, read read out the ESC and get uh, voltage for all corners. Yeah, I, I love EDT. I, I actually think I have flashed the latest four point five master yesterday, and EDT was on by default. I, I must my, wow. I must double check. But I'm I'm not sure. I may, it could be. <laughs> it's handy. I mean, you, you it's an easy way to right? get uh, temperature for your ESC as well, which is yeah. kind of useful to have. And and you don't lose anything, right? So um, if if you have it, you don't need the um, ESC telemetry wire. And uh, yeah, but yeah, the temperature is not calibrated. I'm um, actually on the uh, on the Fox here. It is. Um, uh, I flashed both the Reaper Mini and the Reaper. Uh, on AIM32, and I got um, pretty accurate uh, temperature readings. I guess it depends uh, where they buy the MCUs from, then perhaps, or if they're doing any calibration after the fact. 
Mm, I don't know if they um, if they can do the calibration themselves. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if they have to be done at the at the factory where they produce the the MCU. I'd have thought it'd be a writable value, wouldn't it? Else, how they calibrate it? Because it just gives you a raw reading, um, and you have to like match up the the number to a lookup table that says this number means twenty degrees, this number is thirty degrees. Um, what 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 they do is uh, they they have a, a chamber. They put it in the chamber. The chamber is flat on thirty degrees, and then they burn that as thirty degrees. And then um, yeah, the temperature sensor has a curve, and then it gets adjusted to that this point is thirty degrees. We've got Alexander Fedorov of uh, Ultra asking about uh, DShot 2400 as well, which I think uh, was was added to the firmware at uh, from some kiss um, I'm requests, not, I'm right? not um, I think it, it should work the same. I mean, um, it's the RPM telemetry package. Um, you have to implement uh, RPM telemetry, uh, um, uh, yeah, RPM telemetry, and it should uh, just work the, like that on on DShot. 20, um, yeah, 2,400. I, I, I don't think why it shouldn't, so. As long as the timing works out, I guess, but I, I'm not yeah. sure. I remember when you got yeah. to the really crazy oh, oh. fast rates, there were some subtleties. Um, I think Alka mentioned something about some stuff working at 1,200 and not 2,400, but I yeah, can't I'm, recall I'm the not conversation. But yeah, it's all documented, and I think the, the Blue Jay crowd actually maintain a document it explains all the timing values and the uh, the encoding and everything. So that's a good place to start. Yeah. We should also mention you've done a whole bunch of stuff for Betaflight as well. So there's there's some new features that you've kind of you've really pushed for. Do you want to talk about any of um, those? Yeah. Um, what I what I what my actually my first um, first contribution uh, to Betaflight was uh, the new page. And that's where where I got actually invited. Ninja invited. It was was pretty funny. I um, did the page with uh, Vitroid. Uh, we together we recoded basically the whole uh, um, 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 web page from Betaflight. And uh, then over the night, the next time I woke up and then I was a Betaflight developer. That was pretty funny. <laughs> and um, then my uh, first contribution was uh, I did the. Um, D-shot bitbank code for the uh, AD32 MCU. So um, it has. I we still haven't discovered the bug and why it's not working. But uh, PWM D-shot uh, doesn't really work on AD, uh, AD32. It, we we can't just get it to run. It's weird, but yeah, it doesn't work. And we don't actually have the time to to get it done because um, the the bitbank um, D-shot code just works. I've, I've had this um, on some SGM32 ESCs back in like the 4.3 days that just didn't work. Yeah. And yeah. Move on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it works. The, the Bitbank code is, is, is just fine. So, so why, why, why bother? Um, and then I uh, took over or I got into the GPS code and uh, implemented the M10 API into Betaflight. Yeah. That's uh, my two. Two big contributions, or yeah, rather big, but my my, my two contributions to to Betaflight. Yeah, and you you pointed me to some code snippets. Uh, I was experimenting with this little quad here, which has like one GPS at the back, and for good measure, another small GPS attached via this terribly unsafe wire that I haven't secured yet. <laughs> which I was I was 
testing out this ANA stuff that was supposed to improve the fix. And I think yeah. some some FCs are just noisy. And uh, yeah, I can't get a GPS fix. Oh, the the ANA stuff uh, um, doesn't uh, really do anything about about the connection itself. It's uh, what it does is um, I I, um, I must uh, disclaimer I have no idea how GPS works. I just did the the API code and uh, how the communication with the M10 unit. Uh, yeah, is, I mean, is, uh, what I'm saying is I've, I've got a similar unit on other quads and it works fine. On this one, it's just it's driving me a little crazy. But but I did find on a different quad when I added those lines in to enable the ANA feature, instead of waiting for a couple of minutes, it was just it was right away. Yeah, that's, that's pretty insane. It's uh, the anonymous mode, which uh, basically means that the GPS is uh, building up the the almanac on its own and pretty fast so um the, the norm, normal uh, normal way is it would wait for j j um, the satellites and then pull data pull data pull data and then building up slowly 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 and with the uh, anonymous mode i have no idea why and how but uh, that that process is done way way faster and uh yeah that's actually um a reason why the m10 units and some m8s are working so so well in my opinion, um, we, we, we should not do this uh, or run the GPS unit without the ANA feature. So I guess the, the outcome of your work around GPS really has been the kind of accelerated support for M10 GPS, right? Yeah, we, we uh, fully support um, the full M10 API. So um, we um, actually what got this started is that um, setting up an M10 unit on on beta flight was was just a mess. You have to go to U Center, do some some stuff okay. there, then write it into Flash, then put it back to beta flight, and then set the the baud rate correct. Which is another part because the the baud rate setting is is a mess in beta flight. Normally you would say, okay, when I set it to auto in uh, the ports tab, then it would auto detect the current. Um, uh, the current um, baud rate and then set it and then go, goes on. But it actually does the code on the uh, GPS units. It's setting the baud rate you want. So when you set it to uh, 11.55, then it will detect this baud rate, which is the current, so I, I think default on M10 is uh, 38.200. And then it would detect that baud rate and then send the code so it would uh, run on, on uh, uh, 1152 uh, and then would go on and that's so counterintuitive because we also had a switch with which got removed because i simply commented out the code it was the auto board rate which amplified uh, um, which um, could get the user to think that it then would auto detect or auto make the highest possible board rate or something i don't know what it actually does is when you lose connection to the gps unit in flight it reduces or it increments the board rate index and then it would set that new board rate so in the worst case you are on 1155 and after auto board rate hits you are on 9600 board rate which is not possible that's to run on so and yeah, it was. Yeah, thanks very much. I, I was like, yeah. I, I think I there was a phase where, was... like, Chris Thompson was pretty much the only person who really understood GPS, and he was kind of slogging away. And then you've joined him, and uh, th between the two of you, it's gone from being this complete black box, like everyone's scared of GPS, to oh wow, my quad just landed at my feet. <laughs> that's that's his part. I I just did the that that the units uh, behave well. 
and, and we can auto config uh, M10 units on. on well, you, on I think you got the project out for scrape because people had actually started selling quads with M10 GPS before they were confirmed as yes. working, right? That was pretty pretty hilarious because uh, nobody nobody on the BWFET development team have ever seen an, an M10 unit and yeah. <laughs> You've got to love manufacturer relations like this. Like people start selling stuff and you're like, wait, wait, wait we don't support that. That that doesn't yeah. work. And they're like, no, it's good. it's it's in the mail. We sent it to ten thousand people. It's going to be fine. Yeah. Then then five thousand or so ten thousand come to us and say this doesn't work and. We have to explain that, yeah, you're lucky if it works because um, some of the M10 units are backwards compatible or work backwards compatible. And that's why some of the commands works, but not all. And then you get a unit which is not properly configured because some, not, not all units have flash or, or the BBR, the, the um, little, little... I guess uh, uh, little, Alexander's um, pointing my... out he's dealing with a very small sample size from the ultra flyers, obviously, so he just uh, gets lucky. I guess. Yeah. So, so yeah. When, yeah. when was support for M10 added? Because I was just messing with one today, and again, I didn't have to do anything. It just it just worked. So I wanted to test it. Oh, that's that's. Um, I don't know. I would say half a year prior. Okay, so from, probably from now on. one of the four four somethings. Uh, it, it it actually uh, I developed it on on four point five, so it's it got backported. So yeah. Uh, okay. Cool. Oh yeah. Um, M10s are the the best. It's insane. I. I got uh, one uh, big uh, GPS unit from Fox here. It, it just, I, I don't know how, how, for how long, but uh, it must have been there for like years or so. I don't know how, how long, but I, I plugged it in. And the first time it was uh, the, the really beefy one. It was really big. And uh, I plugged it in and I got a lock, like 10 satellites in 30 seconds. It was insane. <laughs> oh, I was, I was testing this today. I had my, my curious setup. I, I'll show you actually. I, I, it's almost like I've got this. This is not redundant GPSs. It's like my little test rig. So I could go outside, plug one in, test it, and see how long it took to get some satellites, and then unplug and plug the other one in and retest it. And yeah, it's faster. Yeah. And my, I've got a particularly bad place for GPS in my garden. So the MA got up to eight in five minutes, uh, which is amazing. Normally it gets like five. But the M10 got 12 uh, in about three minutes, and it got a, a very fast lock, and it was a complete cold start and, and straight out of the box. Yeah, that's that's really I, I'm one of my best M10 units I was developing on, and I it, it was sitting near me uh, in my room behind concrete walls, and after 10 minutes I got 32 satellites <laughs> inside. I didn't get any inside. I've got a magic roof. No no GPS signal can penetrate it, but today. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, initially when I started the development, I was always uh, putting the GPS unit near, near my window because I wanted to have some. Yeah, then when I got into it and the commands are flowing and, and everything works, uh, yeah, I just could have stood it near me because it just works. Cool. Yeah, that was fun. That was really fun. I, I had uh, um, um, quite quite some calls with uh, Chris Thompson. We chatted back and forth and uh, yeah. That was awesome. That was what a really cool co um, collaboration, and I think we we did we did a good job because yeah, it's, it's nice to hear that someone just plugs it in and it and it just works. Just worked. If I have to test it again because I forgot to turn on, um, what's it called? One of the one of the things 
that was written on the back and it wasn't switched on. I thought, I'm going to have to test that again. Uh, Glonass. I, I noticed I didn't. Oh. I forgot to turn it on in beta, yeah. so I'll retest it and see if it makes a difference. Um, that actually, um, the, the, you, you have uh, like the Chinese satellites, the Russian satellites, the um, USA, and, and that, that's just able you just increase the number of, of possible satellites. Yeah. I actually, that's pretty funny, and I have no idea why. I have uh, one GPS and 10 GPS unit from iFlight, and one can enable all satellites simultaneously and one can i have no idea why i think you what you can't do with these u-blocks units is flash them to a newer firmware right so oh yeah no no you, yeah. you are stuck on on what what you got there. exactly so you've probably got like one version of the u-blocks firmware on one unit and then two weeks later new version of u-blocks firmware yeah that's 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 true that's kind of a problem with that that they're nice they work really well but it's very much controlled and locked down firmware. And I don't think we'll probably ever see an open source GPS. So just have to kind of no, work around it. I mean, they, they work well. So if we have That's some limitations, it's, it's, it's acceptable, I guess. And uh, it looks like the NMEA stuff is probably going away soon, which is a little bit sad because I've got yes. a few quads with them, but they never work that well. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad that I only had to look at the Ublox code because uh, yeah, and 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 Mia and Mia is uh, I don't it's like old it. and confusing, and they're all binary yeah, messages all instead of easy to read stuff. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Messy. Hey, even uh, yeah, it works just fine. You're right, but it's not good. And it, it's like it one of these standards where there's a main standard, and then there's a hundred and one different like manufacturer specific pieces on it as well. I think. Um, I, I can't. I can't uh, say neither. I thought the NMEA stuff was the quite human readable. Here's some ASCII text, but you have to decode it to determine what it's doing. Although it's, if you have to debug it, you can at least like look at it and say, "Oh, right, this is." Happening. If I, 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 I looked at it once at the code, and it's it's weird. I don't know if if you take uBlocks, it's it's it has a pattern. It has bytecodes. You can decode it. You have. I don't know. It, it all makes sense, and uh, for Enmia, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. To me. Maybe it's just me. I, it uh, didn't make sense to me. Enmia is like a very old standard, and people have tried to improve it, but the standard itself never got updated after the 1980s or early 1990s. So a lot of the things that make it better only work for a handful of units, and the rest of them don't work. I've got these ATGM 336H that are budget NMEA units and they worked okay, but they relied on some fixes that only work on that one model of GPS and don't work for any of the rest of them, which made them, but it's kind of a risk putting a fix in like that because you're just blindly assuming everyone's gone and bought that model. And if they haven't, what does it do? Undefined, <laughs> which isn't great. Yeah, that that's not, not, not something you want in... In, in a unit that you you rely your your quad on like. so we did have a formation flight on a while ago and uh and i was talking to them and people appear to have kind of started to put more emphasis on the the inav msp v2 sensors for gps that's something i was chatting on on discord earlier today and i'm not sure if do you think that might happen in 4.6 we're going to see like msp capable gps or is that not really we, we just recently, interesting. 
recently uh, started this. I, I can't really say much about it, so I, I won't confirm or deny anything because I really don't know. No, no, <laughs> no. Really, I wasn't yeah. looking for a hard commitment. I'm just wondering if it's okay. if it's an interesting thing, if it's, uh, it's interesting I, I to would look say at or not. Yes-ish. Um, if we take the Ublox code, if, if you go in uh, and read it, it's still not not good because um, we, I mean, what, what would say good? It's limit. It's limited because um, if you if you take an F7 and you want perfect GPS rescue, you have to uh, run 4K loop because um, the GPS task is taking too long. So um, if you run 8K, 8K. Uh, it would mess sometimes mess up uh, with the pit loop, and you don't want that. So you have to run 4K, 4, um, 8K, 4K. This is why you have, need to uh, make seven problem solved. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> sort of. But uh, you can, uh, yeah. That, that's that's why the code isn't isn't perfect. So if, if we if we go and uh, do GPS over MSP, this might be a solution to this performance issue. Yeah. So there, I'm yeah. Because that's more because, of a, um, you push the GPS coordinates rather than having to take all the GPS data and manually translate it yourself. You just get coordinates yeah. in the format that you want them. Right. Yeah. We'll see. I, I, I've promised to yeah, well, test well, a 500 hertz um, GPS task uh, firmware <laughs> that Chris Thompson did as a, a response to me asking stupid questions a while ago. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, it's still on my list. I still need to go and do that I, to make sure it works or doesn't work. I, I compiled a uh, one one kilohertz uh, GPS task version, and it doesn't doesn't didn't work very very well. <laughs> yeah, uh, I wanted to uh, um, answer to to uh, uh, federal um, federal commander. Um, he said, "Yeah, a one KLU win works, but uh, but nobody wants to fly on one KLU." Yeah, we had people saying, "Why can't we run?" at like 32k and and the reason for that is well you get more noise from the gyro than useful signal but 8k yeah you get more signal than you do at, at 1k so okay but but uh, i i would say that we have um nearly a perfect perfect experience on 4k so um having to reduce it on 4k to to rely on gps rescue is something i would do every time so that, that's nothing nothing i would i would get uh, the h7 and like just try and make it work <laughs> i i have other there there are other issues with with, with h7 so <laughs> yeah so i'm I, i'm uh, i'm flying uh g4s and f7s mostly um the g4 is an amazing mcu why g4 it, not f4 um, because uh, the G4 is more or less the successor to the F411. Um, it has no DMA bug. It has plenty of AO, uh, so we don't have to use soft serial. And also, it's a uh, low... What's the name? It doesn't uh, get hot. It's really, really cold. So um, when, you, when you compare the G4 to an F7 or even an F4, um, the the G G4 idles at like 40 degrees, and the F7 reaches 50, 55, 60, pretty easy on idle. And um, what heat does, it uh, yeah it increases noise. And if you have uh, yeah all, all of the cooler board, it will yeah improve flight time. Uh, one one of my my favorite AIOs is the um, Phoenix uh, Phoenix G4 AIO from from Airbot, and 
that's solely because it's just running really, really clean. It's, uh, it's, yeah, I had, had neither issue with, with anything. I have tested the uh, gyro noise on my oscilloscope and it's, it's perfect. It's uh, just, just running. And even if it's getting hot, there's nothing that's, that's, yeah, inducing mm -hmm. any noise anywhere. That's interesting. I guess I was kind of a snob and, uh, I thought, kind of looking at the chip lineup just looking at the specs i was like oh people are just using g4 because they can't get this other part so that's why they're using it and it's a, a more budget mcu so yeah i was i was kind of a snob I, about I, it i i think in, 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 uh, at first it, it that's actually not not false it's it's true but um then when you when you get to use it and test it um they're actually a lot of benefits so um if i Excellent. want to uh, i must choose i would always go for for an f f uh, for an g4 or an f7 if you need more io you have to go for the f405 but um when you don't need that you can easily go with the g4 because it's running 8 uh 84 8k 4k on bi-directional d-shot pretty pretty decent. is that the one where we had like had to enable all these uh low power uarts to get more io on Yes, that's exactly that one. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, I actually have to go. <laughs> no problem. I think I, we're getting towards yeah. the end of the stream anyway. So, yeah. If people want to find the work that you've been doing, where can they find you? On the Betafly Discord or on the best drone community Discord ever out there, Drone Community. <laughs> that's where my journey started. So that's why I'm, yeah, wanted okay. to wanted to call them. Send us links. We'll put them in the show notes. Thanks very much. Thanks for joining awesome. us. Uh, Unit, aka Ike. Uh, yes, Ike. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for being here. Thanks for the invitation. It, uh, yeah, awesome to, awesome to be here. And uh, I hope it was uh, yeah, informative and uh, great. You, you got to. I got think to we're know all wiser and smarter now. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Thank awesome. you. Right. You have been awesome. joined by everyone's favorite, Curry Kitten. Goodbye. Jack, aka Bright Until I Fly. Thank you, guys. We can Thank hear you, you, Jack. We can hear you. Sorry we couldn't hear you earlier. No, it's my fault. Sorry. And the man who's probably got to got to dash soon. Thank you very much for your time. Unit. Cheers. Thank you for 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 inviting me here. Oh, bye -bye. And we should thank all our wonderful Patreons. Please support the show. Keep this train wreck going. You're wonderful. You're awesome. Thank you, Patreons. Telemetry lost.